Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. All right, let's give this a roll. So I'm going to start a new segment we'll do on Thursday nights. It's called Tell Me Why I'm Wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Tell me why I'm wrong. So this is where I'm going to make a statement. I'm going to have a little bit of uh, a little bit of license to, to to waffle on for a bit, but I'm going to make a statement, and then I'm going to back it up with a few thoughts, and then I'm going to get you to tell me why I'm wrong. And it might not be a popular statement. It might not be something that you want to hear. But I want you to ring up and tell me why I'm wrong. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Tell me why I'm wrong. So here's the statement: the DefCon Five level furor, the Armageddon-like upheaval, the say goodbye to your loved ones, the world's coming to an end hysteria that has befallen the competition this week after the descent-free kicks that were or were not paid during round five. In just two short months, maybe even one, will be looked back on as the greatest overreaction to a single issue in the history of the game. This will be a non-issue by the end of the year and maybe sooner. I'll give it a couple of months, maybe even one. I totally understand how big a change this is, given that I think it was 1859 that we started playing Aussie Rules footy. 1877 the VFL started. So there's well over 150 years of learnt behaviour that we've got to try and change here. And I understand that this is a lot to take in. It is the biggest quantum leap we've made in how we engage with the umpires that we've seen in the lifetime of our great game. And I said that on Tuesday, the biggest quantum leap the game has attempted in this area. And like in all big moments of change, there's going to be some bumps in the road. There's going to be some teething issues. We're not going to get it perfect straight away. It's not going to be exactly how we'd liked from day one. The journey is going to take some Griswold-like detours but in the end, the destination is going to be reached and life lessons are going to be learnt along the way. And we'll look back and laugh. We'll look back and laugh on this and go, geez, we might have just been a little bit too quick to jump to catastrophic states of fear and desperation that the game, for all intents and purposes, is dead as we know it. And I spoke about this on Tuesday night. This is squarely on the shoulders of the AFL, not on the umpires, even though they didn't pay some of the kicks that they should have. But when you look to change 163 years of behaviour, you've got to actually bring people along with you. You've actually got to ask their help. Ask them to help bring what you're trying to do into the fold. Treat your stakeholders with respect, and there's no two bigger stakeholders in the game than the fans and the broadcasters, because they're the ones tipping in all the money, whether it be for memberships or broadcast rights. They are the major stakeholders in the game. And in the symbiotic relationship that is Aussie Rules footy, there are the gatekeepers of the game and the the caretakers of the game, the AFL, the products of the clubs uh, and the players, but your major stakeholders are the fans and the broadcasters and the media. You need to bring them with you. So the AFL gets accused of being out of touch and they get accused of being disconnected. The next CEO needs to add this to the list of things they have to do. How do we re-engage? How do we communicate with our major stakeholders? Don't take them for granted. Don't just expect they'll fall in the line. Gil might have loved grassroots, but I don't know whether he spoke to them enough. Don't know if he mandated that the AFL should always be focusing on the fans in communicating any major change. And this is the most major change 
that we've seen in this facet of the game. You have to bring the major stakeholders with you. You brought the clubs, you brought the players, you sent the umpires there to do it all through pre-season. Scott Pendlebury says they are fully aware. Some players say they're a bit confused, but we're told that the players are fully aware and they've been working on this for a while. But you just didn't bring the fans and the broadcasters. The fans are incredible. If you bring them into the fold, they deliver what you want. But if you ignore them, talk down to them, tell them what they should be doing and what they shouldn't be doing, they're going to turn on you. And they have. The fans and the broadcasters are the people that pump the money into the game. The broadcasters are who you need to be on board with your messaging so that they can explain it during the games, especially if you haven't explained it to the fans yourself. But if they don't know, then the fans don't know, then who's left? So when you go to a concert and you see your favourite band, if they come out and change their most iconic song forever and never play it the same way that they did to make it famous and never explain to you why, are you still going to want to go and see that band? If Francis Ford Coppola re-edits The Godfather and doesn't explain why, am I ever going to have that as my favourite movie of all time ever again? Look what happened to George Lucas when he made Han Solo shoot first and didn't explain why. Everybody turned on him. But again, I say, this will be the greatest. We will look back on this as the greatest overreaction that the game's ever seen. Now, the AFL have failed in the messaging on this. Again, you've got to put it in black and white. You've got to lay it on thick. You've got to lay it down for people. You've got to do an election-style campaign before the season so that you answer any questions before they become questions. And the AFL have got a history of making decisions and implementing things that they haven't actually planned out. Think Gold Coast. Think AFLW. They just jumped in the car and started driving. This is another example. This was never going to be an easy change to implement, even if it was handled and explained and put in place perfectly. The AFL have made it infinitely harder to get the fans on board now, but it will be fine. Everything takes time. We'll have stumbles along the way. You're trying to change learned behaviour that goes back since day one of the game. You can teach an old dog new tricks, but it's hard. This will be too. There'll be frustrations. There'll be slip-ups. There will be missteps along the way, but it will be second nature to the game before you know it. It'll be second nature. It's like introducing a major road rule and only telling professional drivers and police, but you didn't tell the general public and they start getting pinged and have no idea why. There's a lot in this that's going to be confronting and not perfectly ideal to what you want to see, but it will be fine. It'll be okay. And we'll look back on this and laugh and say, geez, did we overreact? one 736 736 Tell me why I'm wrong. Let's start with Steve in Broadmeadows. G'day, Steve. Hey, Sammy. How you going, man? I'm good, mate. Tell me why I'm wrong. I missed the end of, the, of your um, call there, but basically, I'm a St Kilda supporter. I'll throw it out there. You ask Grant Thomas, going back from things like the whispers in the sky... The AFL have a lot of form in trying to take back sort of some sort of control. Now, that's all right, um, some things. But as far as the umpires go, if if you basically got the correct decisions paid on a more frequent basis, you wouldn't have all the uproar to start with. So I just think they're sort of... It's another one of those things. And in a game, they like to take the control back instead of just let the game flow. So I think some things have just gone a little bit too far. And um, But to make any yeah, change, Steve, to I, make any change, you've got to make meaningful change straight away. I think, I know those 50s were hard to cop and the ones they didn't pay made it even more confusing. 
But I think by the end of the year, I reckon even sooner, we will have forgotten about this because we won't see many of them because the players will have figured it out. They would have got it right and it won't, it'll be a non-issue. So am I right or am I wrong in saying it'll be fine quicker than you know? It'll be fine, but I think you're wrong in the fact that um, in terms of the uproar, I think it'll linger and we will remember basically this and then what's next? You know, they're pushing things, the concussion stuff, which is also there. They've gone pretty hard, but... Yeah, I, I just think it's another one of those things. But All right, thank you, Steve. I appreciate it. Tell me why I'm wrong, and you've done exactly why you've told me exactly why you think I'm wrong. This is a greater good moment. This is going to be the micro at the moment is bloody frustrating. I don't dispute that at all. It is frustrating. But the macro, the big picture stuff, it's going to be worth it. It, it will pay off. I believe that wholeheartedly. Roy's in Craigieburn. Roy, tell me why I'm wrong, Roy. Hello, Roy. Yeah, yeah, you there, Sam? Um, you're on air, my friend. Tell me why I'm wrong. Look, I want to say you're right and you're wrong. Okay, so <laughs> you're right in the sense that, um, yeah, we will get over it uh, and we will get past it and forget it. But you're wrong in the sense that it's, uh, uh, you know, the largest overreaction we'll ever face. I think, I think it's just the stock standard reactions that we face with rule changes and umpire inconsistencies and that sort of thing each year and each round. So, um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's just the, the default reaction we all have. And, and yeah, like, like you've said, we will, we'll, we will move past it. Oh, but some of the commentary this week, Roy, and, and I, and I'm not having a go at any one of anyone in particular, but as a collective, it has been that this is just catastrophic. This is there's no heart in the game. We're taking the personality out of the game. It ceases to exist as we've known. Like all this, and I know the fifties are frustrating, but they'll be they won't pop up very often in the not too distant future. But you know we've had people saying that the emotion's been taken all out of the game. No, that's not right. You just can't take your emotions out on umpires anymore. The, the, the rule talks about abuse, it talks about dissent, and it talks about disputing. We're not you, People, what if I want an explanation? You're not entitled to an explanation. But I spoke to the CEO, Rob Kerr, the Umpires Association. You can get an explanation. It's just the way in which you do it and when you do it. But you can still get an explanation. There's nothing in the rules that say you're entitled to an explanation of when a free kick doesn't go your way. But I think the players are going to get used to it and adjust accordingly. They already have. They're already doing it. And I still. And the other thing I don't understand is when we say, oh, well, you can take in all the emotion, you're taking all the personality. Since when was the, the emotion and the personality in the game all wrapped up around being able to blow up at umpires? In what area of life do we revel in petulance as this incredible personality trait of emotion and personality and that's what makes it all great? Who is tuning into footy to only see tantrums? If our game is hanging on that, then maybe it wasn't as great as we thought it was. I think it is greater than that. I think that this is a very, very small part. There will still be emotion. There will be celebration. There will be personality. You just can't blow up at the umpires. You just can't question the umpire's decision. And you've never been able to. It's just never been enforced. The rule's always been there. I've never heard anyone get excited about going to the footy, to call a game of footy, to be at a game of footy, to watch a game of footy, because they couldn't wait to see somebody dispute an umpire's call. I've ne- no one I know has ever laid that as the number one reason why they love footy. There was an old thing, and people say, oh, we, get, we don't have the Biff Brumps and Brawlers anymore, and people bemoan that. But that was never Biff's, Bumps, Brawlers and Bitching. 
You're listening to The Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Uh, Welcome back to The Sporting Capital. Uh, Someone put a locked-in ad break there that I can't move and I had no idea about it. So, um, unfortunately, we're going to go back-to-back ads and I do apologise. Alex and Jimmy, give us a call back. You weren't hearing anything, but trust me, you were on hold hold in the right manner. Uh, Dave in Richmond, before we get to the break, tell me why I'm wrong, Dave. Tell me why I'm wrong saying this is the biggest overreaction uh, that we've ever seen in the way that we've blown up about the umpire descent situation. As in you're agreeing with the umpire? I'm oh, sorry, Ben, just joined the conversation. Are you agreeing with the umpires? I'm saying that our reaction over the week to the events of the weekend is maybe the biggest overreaction I've seen in the history of the game. Hold that thought, mate. We'll get you up to speed. We'll sort out the issues with the phones, and we will come straight back to you on the other side. Apologies again. That hard break was scheduled in there, and it never has been before. But uh, we will get it sorted out and come back to you straight after this. You're listening to The Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEM. Well, I've just got one for you. I want to throw this one at you because while Mark was talking, I thought of this. What about an umpire abuse rehab type program business that you set up for people like Mark who are umpire abusers and they need to go somewhere to well, rehab to, themselves. I've booked, I've, I've been through that process and I, I also was an umpire abuser and an arm thrower outer up and all the things that we've been talking about where we need to stamp out of the game and as we go to the news headlines, the person to blame for that was not natural reaction, it was not emotion, it was me being a dickhead. <laughs> Gary Lyon on SEN Breakfast today. If he can change, we all can change. And following his very courageous lead to say that he was an umpire abuser and it wasn't for any other reason other than that he was a dickhead, uh, I am putting my hand up to say I was in the very same boat all through my juniors, all through when I was playing, up until even when I started on radio, until one day an umpire rang up and said, why don't you come out and give it a crack? And I did. And from that day on, I have never, ever bagged umpires ever Again, and it's ego as well. So the conversation tonight is, tell me why I'm wrong. I think that the furor that's unfolded after the weekend with the umpire descent situation, I think is so overblown that we'll look back and laugh at ourselves uh, in maybe even just a couple of months' time. It'll be a non-issue before you know it. It will be fine. We will be okay. Dave in Richmond, tell me why I'm wrong. Now, I've been listening to you and all your ads and stuff for the last five minutes. Now, I am an umpire abuser in cricket. In cricket, if you're not happy with the decision, if you play at a high enough level, you can ask for DRS. Why are the players, like in many other sports, not allowed to question anything? Why have we been silenced? Because I know what will happen eventually. Fans won't turn up. The AFL's bottom line will be affected. And they'll go, oh, well, I wonder why this has happened, Sam. We hear that for everything, Dave. We hear the fans won't show up for everything. And it's never happened. And it's happening at the moment because Richmond fans fans have not been turning up since round one. We've got 42,000 against the Dogs. We normally get 60,000. They're not winning. They probably won't turn up again this weekend if it keeps going. After round one was a shocker. We had like... Seven fifty-meter penalties against us against Carlton, didn't we, Dave? So, can I ask you a question? Yes. So, there's nowhere it's saying where. So, everyone we've spoken to, you can still ask for clarification on a decision. You just can't dispute it. 
You just can't show your displeasure. Why can't you see it? Because, well, uh, let me ask you this. So, so in the rules, it says it's a, an actual rule that you cannot dispute the umpire's decision, but we've been letting everyone get away with it. So where in the rules does it say you're entitled to an explanation when a decision doesn't go your way? I don't know, Sam. This is the most over-prescribed and controlled sport in the world. I don't know any sport which rules constantly change yep. every season. Yeah, I get the football, frustration with that. Football, I do get the frustration proper football, with that. Proper football, Sam, as in the round ball, you have VAR, you have a ref who lets things go. You don't see players carrying on and kicking off with a free kick. The oh, you do. Are you, hang on, are you telling me that you don't see players carrying on in world football? It's become less and less since VAR has come in, hasn't <laughs> it? Because the refereeing, the refereeing, at the top level, is much more consistent. So would you like to see a, a challenge once a quarter for... Because you captains can still go up a quarter time and seek clarification. That's still allowed. Well, it's, a, it's a bit late once you've got to- four not, or five goals. But it's, but it's not... Hang on. But it's not late because the umpire's not going to change their mind anyway. So what's the difference? You're just holding off until you Well, they don't want to be undermined, do they? But, but, they don't want to be undermined and look like a fool. But you've ne- they've never changed their mind because you've questioned it. So what does it matter if you question it then or at the end of the quarter? It's Let's get the game moving. How much time do we waste arguing with umpires? It's becoming a nanny sport. It's becoming a nanny sport like this nanny state of Victoria. You can't do mm. anything. You can't say anything. It is ruining the sport, Sam. Okay. Okay. I'm telling you, though, I promise you, Dave, I don't and think it'll be a massive issue for long, mate. And thank you for ringing to tell me why I'm wrong. I love it. This is what this segment's for. Tell me why I'm wrong, and we can go back and forth, and we can butt heads. I love it. You're a good man, Dave. I appreciate it. Uh, Alex is in Perth. Alex, tell me why I'm wrong, my friend. Why you're wrong is you're not addressing the root cause of the problem. Okay. The, the problem is interpretation. The rules are just littered with interpretation. And as a consequence, you've got every person interprets it differently, sees it differently, and they see it the way they want it. They've got to make it more black and white. They talk about getting kids to umpire junior football. Mm. How, how does a kid make those sort of judgmental decisions? It's, it'd be hard enough for him if it was black and white, let alone having to make the decision whether the person's holding the ball or not. Yeah. Yeah, and then that's going to be a challenge. I don't disagree with you there, Alex. And that's and they, what that's one yeah. of the things I said that they needed to be really the campaign for this should have been all we were told. All it should have been full on in the preseason. It should have got to the point, Alex, where we were saying, "Right, oh, we get it. We know what's coming. We understand." But they didn't do it, did they? No, but the, 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 if you look over the last ten years and you say, "What, what um, interpretation have the AFL taken out of the rules?" And there's none. I can't think of anything that's been changed. In fact, they've changed the ruck rules recently to um, where it used to prohibit bumping and pushing. Yeah, prior opportunity, it's, they've it's, they've tightened prior opportunity, the interpretation they've, on that. But they've introduced in, in the in the ruck rules where uh, an opponent unduly mm. pushes or bumps so, the opponent. And you say, what does unduly pushes mean? So, Alex, just on the, the, the tell me why I'm wrong part, do you agree with me that in a couple of months' time, this will be, we, we were forgotten about it? It won't be an issue. It won't be an issue until the, the next blowout happens. <laughs> and there will be trips along the way, Alex, no doubt, because we're try- everyone's trying to change their behaviour. Umpires are trying to change theirs to pay the free kick. The players are trying to change theirs to make sure they don't dispute and they don't dissent. That's gonna, we're going we're gonna to have some trip-ups along the way. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Steve's in Hurstbridge. Tell me why I'm wrong, Steve. Um, no, I, I want to... Um 
predict something which is going to happen over the weekend. Somebody like um, who bangs their hands when they miss a, a goal. Any of those players, they'll bang their hands, they'll fuck their hands, and they'll be disgusted in missing a goal, and the umpire will give them 50. But they're not disputing a decision. No, but it's just the way they're being angry. Yeah, but th- th- there's no there's no rules there's no rules, Steve, about being angry at missing a goal. There is a rule about disputing umpires' decisions. So, I know you're having a bit of fun and it's a bit tongue in cheek, but there's just no chance in any way, shape, or form that an umpire is going to penalise a player for being angry with themselves for missing a goal. Well, not yet, but um, <laughs> we didn't expect this to come along either. <laughs> that's a that's a very, that's a very good point, Steve. That's a very good point, mate. No, we thought this would happen. No, we, and, uh, we didn't, but it has, and, and it'll be right. Halfway through the year, they'll pull their head in, I think. You think it'll, they'll, they'll just ease it off a bit? Uh, look, they'll have to. It's a bit like the um, Victorian government. They're slowly pulling their head in as well. Um, and that's another matter. That's another matter. Yeah. Hey, Steve, thanks well, for calling. See ya. Thank you, mate. 1-300-736-736. Tell me why I'm wrong. Uh, who's next here? Trav in Box Hill. Trav, tell me why I'm wrong, mate. Trav, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, mate. How are you? Good. Tell me why I'm wrong. Well, I'm not saying you're wrong, but what I'm saying is, is that, like, uh, my son used to play rugby union years ago, mm. and when the kids were upset with an umpiring decision or a referee decision, it was very much respectful. It was, mm. sir, sir, sir. And then they'd ask the question. Yeah, okay, they were angry, they were upset, but it was all very polite, and they'd respect the umpire or the referee by saying, calling him sir. They do that in union, they do that in league, but in AFL they don't. They don't respect the umpires. They don't, I feel they don't have any respect. There's no, from the grassroots, and this is, I'm talking grassroots. And yeah, even it's, it is, today, it's endemic. It's, it's, it is, league, you're 100% right. It is filtered through you know, every level of footy. And that's why they're making yeah, the change. And and that's where it's got to be built up from. It's yeah. got to be built up from the ground level. And I loved it because, yeah, okay, they were upset. They were angry with the decision, but they were like, sir, sir, why? And there was only, it was normally the captain that would be the one that would be able to talk to the ref. Yeah. It, it's, it, I'll run to Trav, and, that, and for me it was. So I only speak about, I'll speak from my own point of view. But when I was playing, it didn't matter what standard it was, when I didn't get a call my way, my response was often out of ego. My response was always, because I did, I saw umpires as second-class citizens. And my response was always, well, who are you to tell, what would you know? Who are you to tell me? You can't, you're not even playing. You're not good enough to play, so you're bloody. That was the view I had. I'm like Gary Lyon. I was not nice. When Gary put his hand up and said that, you know, he was an umpire abuser and an arm waver and a gesticulator, and I was all those things and more until I actually went and umpired a game, until I actually went and did it. Um, and I never, I've never been on that camp again. And this is this issue that we're facing now is part of a much bigger issue in terms of the our setup with umpires. Um, we have to get to a position of them being full time professionals. The biggest thing that's helped this issue, and I know people feel like it's out of control and it's it, it's a complete debacle and disaster. It's had a bad week. I'll give you that. 
But the fact that the umpires have been at training during preseason, they've been practicing this with them. They've learned more about how clubs are going about things. They've learned more about who players are and how they do things. The more you can get the umpires at training doing what they've been doing, umpiring uh, the match simulation in and around the clubs, the better off their relationships and all this will be and the easier this will be to ingrain into our psyche until it's just not something we even consider. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Just to change direction slightly, Muzzer, our good friend in Geelong, has been waiting patiently to have a crack at me to tell me why I'm wrong about something else, not even about this one. Muzzer's ringing to tell me why I'm wrong about the Blues. G'day, Muzz. No, I, I want to talk about the one you're on first. I, um, I think that you're right. At the moment, the media and the public are all up in arms because, oh, my team got a 50-metre penalty against them and we kicked the goal and it put us in front. Give us six weeks' time when everyone's adjusted to it because it's a rule that's come in without justification or notification to the players until it's happened. That gentleman from Richmond that rang in whinging, you got eight free kicks, uh, eight 50-metre penalties in round one because your players were swearing at the umpire. If you listened to the game properly, I could hear it on the radio on another station and I had friends over that turned it to another station. We'll forgive him this once, Muzz. We'll forgive him this once. I know. It was out of my control. Now, you keep saying, you and Kane Corns, that Carlton was outscored on Sunday. Mm -hmm. If we were outscored, well, then why did we not lose? That's a very good point, Muzz. I I need to choose my words. Port Adelaide had more scoring shots. You're 100% right. I I didn't select my words correctly. Yeah. Sorry, I, I don't. I just get annoyed that my my mob has had four wins and they've done <laughs> two of them in blue collar back the front way of winning. Yep. Um. You know, and mate, you know I love your show and and I have all the you know. Did you get my text at the basketball the other night? Uh, no, I didn't have. We didn't have the text machine up. We ah, um. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I, I would so have read it I out, Muzz. No, I wondered what it was. Just to say thank you for the lovely commentary and oh, thank um, you, mate. I could follow Very it. Very kind. Understand it. You know, I don't know the rules a lot, but I understand it. And, um, yeah, I just think that the public, like I've listened to Gawain for four days in a row and the outpour from the public that, that are upset by this rule, I understand why. Mm. Now, when you did Carlton's game and the chap didn't get the 50-metre penalty for um, putting his hands out, um, George, George Hewitt, how come the umpire paid the bloke a free kick when he dropped the ball? So the, that was discussed, Muzzer, and, and mate, I, all the love right back to you and I appreciate all the kind words and uh, and I love it when you ring in. Um, that was discussed apparently from what we're told at the umpires meeting. Brad Scott pointed that out and it was pointed out by the umpires at the time that there was a few other things happening in that moment where they were looking to, to make sure that they had something else sorted. And we know that there's a lot happening in any one moment uh, with umpires. And yes, the first thing that will get sent through on the text is, well, there's three of them. They should bloody be able to see it all. You can't see everything. You can't see it all the time. They looked away in that moment. And when they were looking back, I think it was said that he was putting his hands down. So they didn't want to jump to conclusions because they hadn't fully seen his gesticulation. So I think that's what happened there. Uh, love your work, Muzz. Uh, 1300 We'll come back on the other side of this. Please don't go anywhere. Ari in Sydney, Jack in West Meadows, Colin in Laverton, Andrew in Collingwood. New segments going all right. Tell me why I'm wrong. 
and we'll give this a thumbs up. I mean, I'm I'm copying it, but that's the whole aim of it. Ring up and tell me why I'm wrong. One three hundred seven three six seven three six on the Harcourts open line, and you can text in zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. The temper text temper a mattress like no other. The Harcourts open line for all things real estate. Speak to Harcourts back on the other side of this on the Sporting Capital. You're listening to the Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Ali Orchard's going to join us, former golf pro, uh, going to be part of the coverage on KO tomorrow of the Australian Women's Classics. So day one today, she'll give us an update on how the first round unfolded as we look ahead to round two, which starts tomorrow from 11.30am on KO. NBL, Taipans, Kings, 12.10 in the Taipans' favour, three and a half minutes to play. Ben Eyre, who's playing for them tonight, I caught up with him. He's a great story, Melbourne lad. Caught up with him earlier this hour. I'll play that chat for you after 9 o'clock. New segment on the Sporting Capital on a Thursday night. Tell me why I'm wrong. I've said that the massive upheaval and outcry and uproar about the weekend in terms of umpire descent and that the world's going to cave in and will cease to exist and the game won't function as we know it, I think might just be the biggest overreaction in history Without, with all due respect to everybody who's scared and I get all that, but I think we'll look back on this and laugh. I think it'll be fine. Tell me why I'm wrong. And Michael off the text, 043 says, Sammy, you're wrong most of the time, but we don't hold it against you. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate that. That's what this show's all about. Bit of fun, bit of back and forth. We don't have to take it all too seriously. Ari's in Sydney. G'day, Ari. Yeah, how are you, mate? Good, mate. Tell me why I'm wrong. Yeah, well, I, I don't know if you're wrong. I just think you need to adjust a little bit. Um, okay. Not often I'd say the AFL can borrow from the NRL, but I think they've got it right with, with the captain's challenge. Um you see, you know, you see the players blow up at the ref, and he says, "Well, if you think I'm wrong, challenge it." Um, so I think it'd be good to have that. I mean, the AFL is a faster-paced game, absolutely, but mm. you know, maybe one or two challenges a game, and then yeah. that way, each time a player's blown up, the umpire can say, "Well, you think I'm wrong, challenge it." After the fifty, of course, because they'll get the fifty for blowing up. But then, hey, but yeah, Ari, well, can well, maybe while they're running down the field, <laughs> that's when they can review it. Yes. <laughs> but see, then what happens? Does the fifty still count for the blow-up? Or does the challenge reverse it? Yeah, we could we could be running down fifty. We'll have to figure that way. one out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I I don't mind now that this has come in. I, I think this does open the door up for because what because I spoke to Rob Kerr and it's up on the podcast and I might even play it a little later. I asked him, is there still an avenue for players to get clarification? He said, absolutely. But in that moment and in that manner. It's not the right time and it's not the right way, but the captain can still go up at three quarter and or quarter time and get clarification on certain things. And this might be a way, Ari, to bring in a challenger quarter. I know we don't want as much time wasting in the game, but the checks and balances with less arguing and debating the point and carry on. And the players are adjusting to this pretty darn quickly, I reckon. There, there was a, a, a slippage, as we know, which meant that it crept back in. But by and large, they're, they're going to be fine with this. Pendles has said they're going to be fine, and they will be. I back them in 100%. To say that, oh, we just can't ask this to the players, and oh, this is too hard on the players. We're not giving them enough credit. They'll be great. They'll be fine. But yeah, the possibility yeah, of I a challenge does open up now. One a quarter, and we'll waste less time arguing, and we could get into this quick challenge, and on we go. Um, and, and, you know, I think the AFL's maybe gone backwards in some ways. I remember a couple of years ago when Mark Evans was involved, they used to have a show on every Monday or Tuesday, the AFL, where they'd go through the decisions and admit what they got wrong, whereas yes. now they don't, they don't seem to be as transparent. So maybe we need to get back to that a bit as well. 100% Ari. Um, it's, it couldn't agree with you more. It's Ray Chamberlain's been phenomenal since he comes on every fortnight on a Wednesday. He'll be back neck on next week with Jared Waitley. 
But the fact that they don't have that on afl.com.au, Nat Edwards used to host it to go through every decision, to give clarification, to give justification. They missed the boat taking that off and they've missed the boat in how they've rolled this out, the AFL. But it is for the greater good and it will help the game immeasurably at grassroots level and even to the eye of, of the, the, the number one product and that is uh, the AFL itself. It will be fine. We will be okay. Uh, Steve says, no, Ham, segment should be called Tell Me Why I'm Right. No, well, because that's a bit, um, look at me, that's a bit head wobble sort of stuff, Steve. I'd rather say something and then you guys ring and you ring and tell me why I'm wrong. But I, I think you're actually saying that you agree with me on this. Uh, Duna says, sponsorship opportunity for a review. It is sports entertainment after all. Uh, Colin's in Laverton. Colin, uh, tell me why I'm wrong, mate. Hey, mate. Yes, Colin, you're on air, my friend. Tell me why I'm wrong. Oh. Um, well, I'm not sure if you're wrong, mate. I, I know the AFL uh, have um, have made another blunder again with another rule change, but I, I'll be, I can give you a solution yeah. that that'll make sense for the whole situation. Yes, please. And that'll be, that, that would be that uh, on your first in, instincts, when a, when a free kick is given against you, your reaction should be allowed, but then any follow up w- uh, should be penalised. So your first your first exasperated reaction should be tolerated because we're not used to this big change. And in a few years' time, they may be able to stop this first reaction, but they should just allow that first exasperated reaction, and that's it. Now, you can't go on with the business. If you want to continue to go on with the business, bang, it's a 50-metre penalty because 50-metre penalties is the Achilles heel to our game. It's a horrible, horrible scenario, a 50-metre penalty. It was, it was brought in years ago um, for time-wasting uh, at such a strict penalty to stop... Um, to, it, they thought it, was, it would never be used, the 50-metre penalty. They thought if we make it 50, no one will ever time-waste again. We won't ever have to use it. But now there's just too many 50s that are deciding too many games especially the ones where the guy runs along the side, the side of the man on the mark, uh, which they're calling blocking, um, another horrible um, outcome. But back to that rule that I'm talking about um, with the, uh, uh, the umpiring, you've got to allow people to slowly come to terms with the change. Now, I've done umpiring, so I know all about it. And I've played the game for, for years and coached the game for many years. And I don't think it's right to to make such a drastic change to stop people trying to be emotional when they uh, have given away a free kick. It's got to be allowed. You've got to be able to say... Hey, Colin, I'm just running up to the break that I can't move. It's going to crash into it. So we'll come back on the other side of this. Sporting Capital. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.